everyone. Welcome back to Can't Stop, Won't Stop, where we can't stop and we won't stop being warriors fighting for justice. I'm your host, Lindsay Ann. Last week, I was able to prove most of the inconsistencies amongst official documents in Tanner Burns' highly suspicious death. This week, I bring you up to date on everything and provide ways that you can help find justice for Tanner and other families. Are you ready? Let's do this! So you guys, in this episode, I pull everything together for you. I will start four days prior to Tanner Barton's death, and then I'll finish with exactly where we're at today. By the end of this episode, you will be wanting to either email, call, fax, snail mail, or just show the fuck up at Howard County Sheriff's Department's door. Today, I make it very clear that there is no way Tanner Barton's case should be closed. You guys, some of the points that I'm going to make today may seem trivial to you, but when you hear them all together and hear the number of things that we know that don't make sense at all, you'll see how hugely irresponsible it is, in my opinion, that Howard County Sheriff's Department closed Tanner's case. When I say that we know something in this episode, that means that I have proof of someone either stating it at some point in the investigation, in in either an interview, a text, in an email, in writing, or in a phone call. Okay, so here's what we (laughs) know-ish. We know via text that Tanner stated to his girlfriend four days, yeah, four days prior to his death that he took an Addy or two. But nobody can confirm this to be true because no one actually witnessed him taking any pills. We know that Tanner drove to his parents' house on April 22, 2012, arriving at their home around 11 a.m. He took a nap. He ate a Mama Sue made rib dinner. And then he went to the movies with his friend Adam. Adam later stated to Howard County Detective that they smoked a ton of weed that evening. We know that Adam went back to his house after the movie because he wasn't feeling well and that Tanner texted Marcus Salazar that he was on his way to the Salazar Linskoog home at 8.34 p.m. We know that Tanner arrived at the Linskoog home at 9 p.m., around 10 p.m., between 10 and 10.30 p.m., And he arrived at 10.30 p.m. on April 22, 2012. We know that Tanner texted Michaela and Marcus, letting them both know he'd be coming over that night. But 
We also know that Tanner stepped by unannounced and unexpectedly. We know that when Tanner arrived at the Linskoog home, he put his phone in Marcus's bedroom and he didn't retrieve it until 12.30 a.m. But we also know that Tanner made phone calls, received phone calls, sent and received multiple text messages during this time. And you guys, he was in the basement or kitchen with friends, not in Marcus's room with his phone. We know that Todd Cooney, a local veterinarian, was also at the Linskook home when Tanner arrived and that he left the residence around 10.30 p.m. and he also left around 11 p.m. We know that Marcus went to bed around 12.15 a.m. and that Tanner came into his room at 12.30 to get his phone. Tanner and Michaela left to get donuts at 12.40 a.m., and Marcus went to sleep for the night. But we also know that it has been reported that Marcus was seen at Dan's Donuts with Michaela and Tanner, and that he was partying with them in the basement after getting back to the residence. We know that the last time Michaela saw Tanner normal was at 1 a.m. We know that Michaela said that Tanner seemed normal at 2 a.m. And we know that Michaela saw Tanner staggering around 3 a.m. We know that Tanner and Michaela stayed a while at Dan's Donuts. But you guys, we also know they weren't there very long. We know that after leaving Dan's Donuts, Michaela's friend was sleeping, and that's why she couldn't come over to party at their house. But we also know that Michaela's friend wasn't sleeping, and she spoke to Michaela and Tanner on their way back to the Linskoogs. We know that Tanner and Michaela arrived back at the Linskoog home around 1.30 or 2 a.m. when Michaela said goodnight to her mom, Carol, and her stepdad, Jeff. We know that at this time, around 2 a.m., Jeff took his Ambien and fell asleep. We know that it was just Michaela and Tanner in the basement watching a movie. And you guys, we also know that Tanner's girlfriend called him at 2.07 a.m. And his girlfriend stated that she heard a lot of girls and rambunctiousness in the background. We also know that the coroner stated that the basement area was a total mess. And it looked like someone had a party in the basement. We know that Michaela knew Tanner was talking to his girlfriend, Micah, at 2.07 a.m. But just a few hours later, we know that Michaela said she didn't know who he was talking to. We know that Michaela stated that Tanner's girlfriend didn't answer the call at 2.07 a.m. But you guys... We also know that his girlfriend, Micah, called Tanner at 2.07 a.m. And that call lasted for four minutes. 
We know that Tanner said he didn't want to be sober after he got off that 2.07 a.m. incoming call. And Michaela went upstairs to get only Tanner a beer. But we also know that Michaela went upstairs and got Tanner a beer and she got herself a fruity drink. We know that Tanner drank the beer from a glass and then walked upstairs and got a bottle of alcohol from the liquor cabinet. He went back downstairs with a bottle of liquor and a container of pineapple juice. We know both Tanner and Michaela had a couple of drinks. We also know that this was Michaela's first time drinking alcohol. And we also know that Michaela has had alcohol prior to this night. We know that Michaela was 14 years old on April 22nd, 2012. But you guys, we also know her birth date is September 7th, 1996. That makes her 15 on this date. We know that Tanner got up from the couch around 3.15 a.m. and staggered toward the stairs. We know that Tanner walked up a couple of stairs, but we also know He only took one step up before turning to look back at Michaela and then collapsing. We know that Michaela saw Tanner collapse, and we also know she only heard Tanner collapse. Michaela went over to Tanner after the collapse, and she checked for a pulse. We know that she felt a pulse, and we also know that she wasn't sure if she felt a pulse. We know that Michaela then went to sleep for the night. And you guys, we also know that Michaela then went back to sleep for the night. We know that Tanner and other minor aged kids frequently slept in awkward and unusual positions at the Linskoog home. And we also know that Tanner hated sleeping on the floor. We know that Tanner collapsed around 3.15 in the morning and 911 wasn't called until 9.23 that same morning. We know that Jeff Linskoog woke up around 7.30 a.m. and stayed in bed until around 8.30 and then went to feed the dogs. We know that Jeff went downstairs to retrieve a dog and saw Tanner at the bottom of the stairs. Jeff thought it was funny, so we know he went back upstairs to grab his work phone, went back downstairs and saw Tanner's lifeless body for a second time and snapped a couple of pictures of him to use as a joke. We know Jeff Linskoog emailed a picture of Tanner to his wife, Carol Linskoog. We know that when Jeff was taking photos of Tanner, Tanner's face was blue. He had blood coming out of his nose. His tongue was sticking out and rigor mortis had set in. We know that after he took the pictures, Jeff went back upstairs and began getting ready for the day. We know that Carol Linskoog woke up around 7.30 or 8 that morning and stayed in bed while finding a cruise on her laptop for a friend. 
We know Carol texted her friend while in bed between 8 and 8.30 a.m. We know Carol left the Linskoog residence around 8.30 a.m. on April 22, 2012 to go tanning and run errands. We also know, you guys, that Carol called Todd Cooney at 7.30 a.m. while driving in her car And she called Todd back around 8.30 a.m. in a panic, stating Tanner was dead. We know that Carol then flew home. But we also know that it took her 70 minutes to get from Kokomo to her house. And it's roughly 10 miles away. We know that Todd found out about Tanner's death around 8.30 a.m. We know that Michaela found Tanner dead around 9 a.m. And that's when she alerted Jeff Linskoog and Marcus. We also know that Todd Cooney stated Tanner died around 3.30 a.m. We know that 911 was called at 9.23 a.m. We know that the 911 dispatcher did not offer to walk anyone through CPR. And the dispatcher was told that they weren't sure if Tanner was breathing or not. We know that the 911 call lasted 58 seconds. You guys, that's shorter than a ride on Sandy at Meyer. We know that the 911 dispatcher did not stay on the line or offer to stay on the line until the medic arrived. We know that Michaela and Jeff both moved Tanner's body prior to the medic arriving. We know that Tanner was found at the bottom of the basement stairs. And we also know that Tanner was found in the living room. We know Tanner was found face down. We know he was found on his back face up, on his right side, slightly on his left side, and he was found on his left side and chest. We know that Tanner's face was found blue in color, later found bright red, and then again found at a dark purple shade. We know that EMS arrived at the scene at 9.35 in the morning, and you guys, a mere 17 minutes later, they were sent away by the sheriff. We know that none of the EMS personnel that were at the scene from 9.35 to 9.52 a.m., including the person that pronounced Tanner's death, are not entered in the crime scene entry log. We know the crime scene entry log began at 9.24 a.m. and ended at 2.02 p.m. We know that Kirsten Linskoog was also sleeping in the basement, but she didn't wake up until around 10.30 a.m. on April 22, 2012. We know that Michaela began to yell when she found Tanner around 9 a.m. in the basement, but... Kirsten didn't wake up. We know that the police arrived on scene at 9.30 a.m. to a visibly upset and crying Marcus 
But Kirsten didn't wake up. We know that EMS arrived at Tanner's body in the basement where Kirsten Linskoog was sleeping and completed their assessment and left the scene. But Kirsten didn't wake up. We know that Kirsten went to bed at 11 p.m. the night before and had to be woken up by her dad, Jeff Linskoog, at 10.30 the next morning. We know that Todd Cooney was allowed inside the residence after it was deemed a crime scene. But Tanner's parents, his next of kin, weren't allowed past the driveway. We know that Todd Cooney arrived at the scene at 9.40 a.m. And he stated that the coroner was already there and began investigating. However, you guys, we also know the coroner arrived at 10.40 a.m., which is an hour after him. We know that no urine was obtained. But we also know that there was a urine drug test in Tanner's file. We know that Tanner was drinking alcohol. We know that he tested negative for alcohol. And we know he tested 0.063% blood alcohol level. We know Tanner was smoking a ton of marijuana with Adam. And we know he tested negative for marijuana. But he also tested positive for marijuana. We know that Howard County Sheriff's Department stated that Tanner had Adderall in his system. But we know that Tanner tested negative for Adderall, not once, but two times. We know that Tanner tested negative for ketamine. But you guys, we also know that that same test showed negative results for alcohol. Oh, And we we know that the veterinarian, Todd Cooney, has a lengthy history with ketamine abuse, and he even overdosed on ketamine. We know that Carol, Jeff, and Kirsten Linskoog, along with Marcus and Michaela Salazar, all went to the police station for interviews on April 22, 2012, while Todd Cooney went to his home in Kokomo without being questioned. We know that LPA and Associates posted proven lies on social media about Tanner and his family on April 23, 2018, the day after Tanner's six-year death anniversary. Disgusting. We know that Howard County Sheriff's Department informed the Barton family on April 27, 2018, that they were closing Tanner's case. You guys, this was announced to them exactly six years to the day that they buried their precious son. Where's the empathy from both of these people? You guys, how can a case have this many conflicting reports and be closed stating positional asphyxia as the manner of death. Oh shit, hold on you guys, I forgot something. 
We also know that Carol Linskoog is now Carol Cooney. Mm-hmm. She's married to Mr. Veterinarian Todd Cooney now. There's no such thing as coincidences. <laughs> All right, moving forward to where we're at now. Our goal is for the state of Indiana to reopen Tanner Barton's case. We are facing some pretty steep obstacles, but nothing, and I mean nothing, will stop our fight for justice. We know that Howard County Sheriff's Department will not speak to us. Only their lawyer will respond, and he's the opposite of empathetic, opposite of helpful, the opposite of holding people accountable, and he's the opposite of kind. All of those, in my opinion. We know that podcasters have been threatened with legal lawsuits if they don't take down their episodes featuring Tanner and Michelle Barton. We know that both Michelle Barton and I were served a no-contact stalking summons, a failure to comply, and we will be served a criminal summons for cyber-stalking by someone who is a coward, in my opinion. We will be going before a judge in the near future. We know that this person had the paperwork served to me and Michelle, all in the span of nine days, overlapping Tanner's nine-year death anniversary and his burial date. Our original court date, you guys, was April 23rd, 2021. That's the day after Tanner's nine-year death anniversary. Sound familiar? And you guys, my continuance paperwork is dated April 26, but Michelle's is dated the 27th, the same day of Tanner's funeral just nine years ago. Every other document that we have is stamped just minutes apart. This person is disgusting, in my opinion. It is seriously cowardly, in my opinion, to do this to a grieving mother. Michelle has done nothing wrong, and neither have I. Michelle doesn't deserve to be bullied, in my opinion. Michelle should be able to grieve her child's death without these unnecessary distractions and expenses. Dwayne and I will be by your side, Michelle, Jeff, and Jameson, along with this incredible community of warriors. The truth doesn't need a defense. With the help of all of you, we know that we can't stop and we won't stop being warriors fighting for justice. You guys, I've had many of you reach out and ask how you can help. And one way right now that you can help is to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcast. This is free, and it will help to get the awareness to the public about the injustices happening to so many grieving families. Thank you so much for all of your support. I truly appreciate it. We are currently planning a peaceful protest in Howard County on Tanner's birthday, July 2nd, 2021. We're getting merch ready for the protest, and we hope to see as many of you there as possible. More details will be available soon on Facebook, at Tanner's Voice, and at Can't Stop, Won't Stop, as well as at MyLindsayAnn on Instagram. 
And you guys, as always, a huge shout out to Michelle Barton, Tanner's mother and Tanner's voice. Without her care for details and proof of everything, none of her story could be told. Michelle, you are a force to be reckoned with. Because of you, I am able to share your baby's story. Because of you, we are going to get justice for Tanner and your family. I am honored to speak on your behalf and share the truth. It is absolutely disgusting what so many grieving families have to go through. You guys, what if this happened to your innocent child? What if your loved one's friend's stories didn't match? Would you stop? Would you back down? Mm Mm-mm. Hell no. We can't stop and we won't stop fighting until we get answers. You know, I don't know why so much pain and loss has to happen. I don't have all the answers. It has been nine years since Tanner was taken from all of us. It has been nine years of obstacles and lies from people he trusted and from the police. It has been nine years that no family should ever have to go through. Tanner, we can't stop and we won't stop fighting for you and every other victim that deserves justice. You guys, please be sure to join our Facebook group, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, for more information, where Duane and I go live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow me on Instagram at MyLindsayAnn. If you'd like to learn more about Tanner's unjust death, you can follow Tanner's Voice on Facebook. A huge thank you to singer and songwriter Mr. Peace for allowing us the rights to use the song, Where'd You Go?, Featuring our beloved Egypt Covington. We appreciate you. Can't wait for next week. Stop hating.